listener production. Coffee for one, through your headphones whenever you feel like it. Even in the afternoon or after dinner. Say it again, it keeps me awake. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Well, we hope you're enjoying your nice hot cup of coffee on this beautiful Tuesday morning. Alex Tyson, did you see, I I mean, it's a little bit old now, it's about a week ago or so, I saw a video where Robert Irwin had never tried a coffee before. He's 19. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like kids these days are like they're just all over coffee. You know, I mean, when I was like living in Sydney, there'd be like high school kids just popping across the road to get coffees and stuff like that. Never happened in Brisbane. Coffee was what we used to call um, bean vapes back in the day. <laughs> you know, it was all the high schoolers Bro. just behind the back of the bike sheds, just sucking down, sipping that Makona, an old cup of Joe. Um, so look, good to see that. Um, yeah, good to see that that's good to they're see not getting Rob, addicted Robbie's, to it. Yeah, Robbie's uh, broadening his taste. Absolutely love to see it. Hey, we've got a very special guest on today's show, Daiso. Oh, Hannah Diveny, a big fan of her work. You might know her from the SBS series Latecomers. Uh, she's just written a book, which is really eye-opening, really insightful, and uh, she's a really funny person. She's going to be joining us a little bit later on to have a chat about her life living with cerebral palsy. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute ripper. That's why we want to jump in straight away. This is Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Hope you're having a good one. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. And now, it's time for Matt and Alex. Horoscopes. Aries. You hop into a cab and ask the taxi driver to turn the meter on. The driver whispers, You are a very sexy meter. (laughs) The meter stays off. Taurus, you will decide to reconcile with your ex-husband, a British DJ slash producer, and get remarried this week. Looks like you'll be wed again to Fred again. Again. Gemini, it's time to bite the bullet. You've seen this person almost every day for three years and you can't for the life of you remember their name. You decide to ask them today. But at the last minute you bail and just say, G'day champ, to which they reply, Hello dad, what's for breakfast? Cancer. You'll need to fill up your tyres with air this week, so head down to the servo. You find the buttons are clean, the hose is untangled, the attachment fits perfectly, and your hands remain clean the entire time. Just joking, this would never happen. You and your fellow Cancerians are living in a fantasy land and need to wake up to yourselves. Leo. Instead of teeth whitening gum, you wonder, why don't they also make toilet paper with whitening properties? This would save you hundreds from your yearly anal bleaching practices. But of course, that would never happen. Such an invention would be shut down immediately by Big Anus. (laughs) 
Virgo. You'll get a new job this week. The Australian bicycle wheel enthusiasts will make you their official spokesperson. <laughs> Libra. Is it chicken palmer or chicken palmy? You decide to buck the trend and call it a chicken palmo. It does not catch on. <laughs> Scorpio. After a lengthy application process, your local badminton club will finally have your grant application denied. The government will tell you no, they will not allow you to legally adopt and hold Grant Denya in your wine cellar, even if he does enjoy a nightly Sangiovese. Sagittarius. You ask your partner if they'd mind sleeping with the air conditioning on. Sure. So you lather up your hair and lie down. Your pillow is ruined with goop. When they say, what the hell is going on? You say, did you think I said air conditioning? I meant hair conditioning. <laughs> Sorry. Easy mistake to make. Hmm. <laughs> Capricorn, you decide to quit your job as the leader of the world's only spider pirate ship. It became far too tiresome each time your crew agreed with your orders and would say, Aye, 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 Captain. <laughs> oh, dear. Genuinely the best one I've ever written. <laughs> <laughs> no. Aquarius. Um, you meet the love of your life on a bus. You just click. It couldn't be more real. You desperately want to spend the rest of your life with them. Then you ask them where they're going. To the International Hummus Festival, they say. You realise that being single is just fine. Pisces. Someone will ask you if you'd like some still or sparkling water this week. Given you find the bubbles in soda water taste like TV static, you'll say static. They will then pour you out of still water, because to be static is also to remain motionless. You won't mention anything because it's too weird to explain. This isn't really a horoscope, it's just something that happened to me recently. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Matt and Alex Horoscopes Well Alex Dyson We're heading into festival season The oh. sun is starting to shine again The music is happening Live and on stages right around the country Spring has well and truly Sprung But it's not only the uh the old flowers that are blooming. A few music festival lineups are starting to really come out for uh, what people are doing over the New Year's summer period. Laneway dropped their festival lineup uh, just mm. over a week ago now. Um, and Matt, having been to many of them, it's always good. It's always an exciting day when the lineup drops. Oh, especially when you're looking at something like Stormzy. Man, I would, I would think about going to Stormzy just so I can hear it live. When Bunksy put the vest on me. Felt like yeah, God was testing me. 
Yeah. Love it. Yeah, I'd probably go see Stormzy instead of just listening to that, for sure. Um, <laughs> but as far as the laneway line, lineup, like, it got a bit of criticism. Like, they're three... I'd, I'd go along with a little bit of that. The three sort of big headliners when it came to Laneway Fest lineup was Stormzy, Steve Lacey, and Dominic Fike. Just sort of three male solo artists in the big font um, for Laneway Festival. And um, look, the problem is, is like, is it me or are the kids that are wrong? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> It's not as an attractive lineup as I uh, have had in previous years, particularly, I mean, even last year, like having people like Haim and stuff headlining and Phoebe Bridges and that kind of stuff. It is very, very different vibe to it is what people were discussing. And so with a lot of music festivals coming up, we thought we'd do the official Matt and Alex rating. We're going to go from four to one of our best lineup so far of summer. All right. And look, we better say right off the bat, these are just our opinions, you know, and so your favourite act might not be appearing at one of these festivals. And so that's all that means is that your favourite act is wrong. You need to get a better one. <laughs> um, so we better, we better jump into it right now. But starting at number four, what's your, uh, your favourite lineup looking like? Well, Alex Dyson, look, for number four, my preferred lineup at the moment, as much as I love a bit of Stormzy, and I really do love a bit of Stormzy, uh, I couldn't help but look past Good Things Festival. It's got Limp Biscuit. I know that I could take Bron along for a little bit of Fallout Boy. We're looking at Spider Bait here, Eskimo Joe Friends or Rom, Jebediah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good nostalgic lineup, but I have to say it is somewhat tarnished, mate. With the, uh, you know, a lot of the focus at the moment about the lack of women or bands with female members in their lineups. Yeah, that's why it's also at number four for me. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's you, get, you get what you get on the tin is what it is, which is just this nostalgia trip. And as far as getting, you know, those acts together to do it, it does mean it's a sort of a bit of a one trick pony down the list. But if you're, you know, having a good reminisce of some Fallout Boy and Limp Bizkit and Devo. Speaking of reminiscing, we all remember 50 years ago when Devo started, you know, there's a, there's a blast from the oh past God. if there's ever been one. So, yep, let's put good things at number four. Um, now, we do have different ones, though. We have, Matt and I don't know what we're, each of us are putting in. Oh, wait, Whip ones. It. They do Whip It? Yeah. Ah, whip It. <laughs> whip It Real Good. Do they do that? Not Whip It Real Good. It's oh, okay. How does it go? It into Shape. Shape oh, it that's up. right. Get yes. straight. Yes. <laughs> Move forward. Move ahead. <laughs> that's it's it. not too late to whip it. Whip it good. Do, 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 do. That's it. Do, yes. Do. Okay. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. When a problem comes along, <laughs> you must whip it. Um, number three. It's going to be nice and quick. Come on. Yes. What's sorry. your number three? Number three, spilt milk. Uh, I have to say that I don't mind me a little bit of Post Malone every now and then. I'm loving some Cub Sport, by the way. Uh, there's some really good tracks there. TK Mides are uh, always love to see. Um, I reckon that's going to be a fun one. Plus, I love the slightly more regional um, places that it's at. Canberra, Gold Coast, Ballarat, etc. and Perth. Oi. Who are you, who are you calling regional, mate? No, sorry. No, no Spilt Milk at three Ocean for Alley me. as well. Yeah, Lastlings will be great. And Spilt Milk having my boy, uh, little party boy 69. Happening there as well. Couldn't, that'll I be forgot. quite yeah, the live fun. experience. Party boy. Oh, what a cooker. Um, <laughs> Lime Cordial as well, of course, being on that. All right, up next in number two, I got to tell you, it's yours and ours. This is one oh. of the biggest lineups 
of the summer. We're talking broods. We're talking hilltop hoods. We're talking Ocean Alley. We're talking Vera Blue. God, Vera Blue is good live. I remember seeing her in Splendor a couple of years ago. And... Mate, this is where we differ. Number two for me, Beyond the Valley. Rufus oh. Soul, leading Central Sea Peggy Goo. Uh, you've also got uh, people like Maul Grab, the Jungle Giants, uh, DMAs and G Flip in there. Kalise, which is quite good too. And it, it, oh, it bringing those pretty boys deep, to the bar. Pretty deep. But my number one was your number two, yours and ours, because as far as deep batting goes, that's what you want. You want you you want your people hitting home runs across the uh, the distance. And so I'm going to put yours and ours in my number one spot, as you mentioned. But people like Chet Faker. But if you look reading the fine print, I'm not sure how they're getting all of these people to the University of Wollongong showgrounds. But when, you know, like these New South Wales, um, Lucy Sugarman are all down in the, the really small riding, you go, all right, this is going to be a good festival. Yeah. I mean, those are some big heavy hitters. For me, just the fact that Roof just sold back on home soil uh, for, for beyond the valley. I mean, I have had some very good nights watching Rufus DeSol bring it home. And I got to tell you, I'm happy to go back there anytime, anywhere. Well, I'm just waiting for the... The whole uh, mosh pit to levitate during the Imna Bloom moment, you know, the drop. Oh, <laughs> take me! All right, Matt, very excited to chat to our next guest, who's a trailblazer, started writing for Mamma Mia at 15. She's an actor, advocate, and now published author with a debut book, I'll Let Myself In. Hannah Divney, a big welcome to All Day Breakfast. How are you going? Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm really good. It's wonderful to be here. Is there anything in particular that you've been doing recently, aside from writing an incredible book that has made you, uh, you know, feel particularly incredible? Look, I think I just... I'm really, really lucky to be doing what I do. And the fact that people like you guys want to talk to me is is always like, that feels pretty good. That feels pretty incredible. Like, Matt, this is going to be slightly strange for you, I'm sure. But you've been kind of in and out of my orbit. You did this thing when I was in primary school called Murder Under the Microscope. Oh, my God. Please tell me. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Hannah, Hannah. I've been broadcasting <laughs> with Matt for nearly a decade now, and I have never heard of Murder have Under the Microscope. Have you never heard of Murder Under the Microscope? <laughs> Murder what Under the Microscope is this? was the greatest thing ever. So it was like this um, scientific mystery thing, and classes oh around the country would basically, like, sign up, and you'd get, like, clues every day, and you'd have to figure out, like, who did it. So it was essentially, like, Science Cluedo, and Matt was like one of the main people who gave you the clues. Like I acting, was, like a school acting troupe. Came I was, through. excuse me, I was called Doctor AJ. <laughs> you were called Doctor AJ. I apologize. <laughs> and I and I was like, I think I was in a lab coat and stuff at times were, or whatever. Wow. And uh, one one of the years, it turned out the culprit. I believe was some like African bees or yeah, something sure like I might that. Have done that one. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, Hannah. Okay, this, this is, is great because my mind, Hannah. Matt, is, when we talk about I talk about Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, he's like, "Poor, that's it's a bit nerdy, isn't it?" And now that I know <laughs> that he was acting in a scientific yeah. murder mystery group in schools, going travelling around. Bees. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, like he he would record these really like 
professional, high quality videos and it'd be like, Dr. AJ has a clue for you. And you'd sit there as a class and like watch it on the computer. Oh my God. I mean, well, this is incredible, Hannah Dimity. Um, Thank you very much for bringing this information to light. Uh, It will continue to be a big part of the show moving forward. So thank you for leaving us that. I'm sure someone knows that that footage is out there, and I bet it's going to end up on our Instagram. We've got to find that footage. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is because I can picture it so clearly. I don't know where to find it, but I can picture it. Get digging for that footage, please, Bron. All right. Well, back to your incredible book, Hannah, because a lot of stories actually, you know, this Matt. That's some um, little murder mystery didn't make it to the book, but there's a lot of stories about school. You grew up with cerebral palsy and yeah. that made a big part of your life. I, I guess before we get into it, could you just quickly explain for our listeners, you know, what that is and, and what it, uh, how it affects you? Sure. So cerebral palsy is a physical disability that I have had since birth and will have for my entire life. And basically it affects my fine and gross motor skills. So in non-scientific English, that means it affects everything from walking, standing and balancing to being able to use a knife and fork properly or like play a musical instrument or stuff like that. Um, It kind of exists on something of a spectrum. So you'll have people down one end who are pretty much only affected on one side. So you might only notice because they limp or they walk slightly funny or they have one hand that is maybe more clawed than the other. Then you have people like me who, um, pardon the pun, sit right in the middle. And, and I say sit because <laughs> I, I obviously navigate the world in a wheelchair. Not, not that you guys would know that because you're listening to podcasts and you can't see me, but spoiler alert, I yeah. do navigate the world in the wheelchair. Um, and then you have people at the other end who basically the only things they can do on their own are breathing and swallowing and even that might be a struggle. So mm-hmm. when I was born, the doctors initially told my parents that I would never walk, talk or feed myself, which obviously by virtue of us having this conversation <laughs> did not come to pass. Um, and that is something I am grateful for mm. every single day because I know a number of people who are what we call nonverbal and their lives are incredibly frustrating and um complex because people assume that because they can't speak or communicate in a way that the world at large can understand that they must also be unintelligent and that's just not true. Well, that's the amazing thing about your book, Hannah, is because we've, I think everyone has seen and interacted with and become friends with and talked to and um, seen people with cerebral palsy over the time, but we're seeing it from the outside and something your book is able to do is tell, talk about what it not only looks like, uh, but also what it feels like. Could you tell yeah. us what, what it feels like every single day, you know, living with cerebral palsy? Well, I think that is part of why I wrote the book as well, because I hadn't really seen any narratives of disability that really explored that. Like a lot of narratives of, of disability are, this person went through this thing and it was really bad and then they triumphed and they achieved this great accomplishment in spite of the disability that they have now. And for me, like as someone who has obviously had a disability since birth and will continue to have a disability, that idea of triumphing over my disability is inherently flawed and going to immediately set me up to fail because nothing I achieve or nothing I experience will ever be without my disability. It will always be with my disability by my side. 
Um, so I think a lot of writing this book was also trying to bust some myths and give people um, some further insight into disabled experience that also isn't just like, I'm a Paralympian and I'm great at sport, which is pretty much like <laughs> people's extent of visibility. Mm. And I should say like, I'm a huge fan of the Paralympics and I think like the stuff that Dylan Olcott and Kurt Fernley in particular have been able to do is incredible, but there's a level of one dimensionness, not that that's a word, but we'll go with it, um, to the fact that like, well, because they're great Paralympians and because like the Paralympics are so inspiring, every disabled person must be, must be interested in the Paralympics. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. Uh, like if I had if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me some version of the question, like "What's your Paralympic sport going to be?" I think I'd be swimming in money like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> like it, it would always annoy me because I have two able-bodied sisters who are younger than me, and I'd be like, "Hold on a minute, you're not asking them what their Olympic sport is going to be," and people would be like, "Well, of course not. They can do anything they want," and I'm mm. like. And there, there is my point exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you you do uh, inspire and break boundaries, etc. I mean, your you know your show Latecomers um, was incredible. Um, oh, thank you, Matt. A great achievement, and also one that um you know you were one of the first people uh, with a disability on screen to do a sex scene. I mean, these are these are things that people would be inspired by. What was I mean, I've talked about doing. Forget sex breaking scenes. the world records and Australian records at the Paralympics. That's a, that's a big Australian record right there for you, that, Hannah. That is, a, that is a big Australian record, and it's not ever one I thought I would have you, to. It's... Have you got any stories from that? Because I've I've had to do them, and they're they're truly bizarre, aren't they? Yes, they they are absolutely bizarre. Um, but I think something that really helps now that I can't fathom like ever doing one without is the fact that we have. Um, these people called intimacy coordinators on set who essentially it is their job to choreograph the scene so that it feels, I guess, more like a fight scene or a dance and it's not quite so like emotionally confusing and <laughs> complex so that when you're doing the scene and acting, like in our case for Letcomers, the intimacy coordinator was literally standing next to the camera guy calling out the instructions, like, move your head this way, move your head that way, make this noise, no, that one, like, like <laughs> that kind of thing. Can I just say, I think I need one of those all the time. <laughs> that would make my life a lot easier. Just don't do that. Don't be there. Do this. Yeah, well, there's a careers counsellor. If you're heading along to school, ask them about intimacy coordinator, how you get into that, to um, help many people out there. Um, but speak, speak, going back to school, Hannah, um, there are some, you know, incredible, both uh, painful and joyous stories of your schooling time. One of them had had me... Literally out loud going, no, no, no. Like I was saying that out loud as reading it because your school, and I guess a well-meaning attempt to keep you safe at school, came yes. up with a decision after a little accident you had, came up with a decision for something that you from now on to play outside you had to do. Could you tell us um, what that was and, and what you had to go through in, in that regard? Yes, I'm, I'm so excited that you brought this up because <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like, it's both equally hilarious and terrible that <laughs> this is something that I had to do. So essentially at the same time that I was doing Murder Under the Microscope, <laughs> I don't know how much experience you guys have 
with pushing wheelchairs. But essentially, the small wheels at the front are like shopping trolley wheels. So you know how if you're pushing a shopping trolley and you like hit something or you go over an an uneven like bit of path, the wheels just stop. Mm. Yeah, that's that that's what happens in a wheelchair. So essentially, this kid who probably wasn't entirely tall enough to see over the handlebars properly, which is a driving hazard in itself, uh, was pushing me up this really steep ramp. We hit a stick. The wheels stopped, but the wheelchair kept going. I flipped over the side of the ramp and landed on the ground and then was basically pulled upright by a very distraught teacher who witnessed the whole thing (laughs) and saw the egg on my head and was like, Oh my god! Oh, no. And it was funny because like I'd fallen over in my wheelchair before. It's kind of a occupational hazard, I guess, when you when you're like learning how to use a wheelchair. But my school's response to that, in an attempt to keep me safe, was that I should wear headgear in the playground, oh, which no. is not like the thing that the already self-conscious yeah. kid wants to hear. And it really didn't help. Like, my mum was trying to sell it to me. She's like, okay, so it's just going to be like if you were like Jonathan Thurston or any yeah. of the other like rugby <laughs> league players you see on the television. Like, yeah. it's fine. What is the line that people should walk when it comes to, all right, let's make sure that we have someone with lived experience and, and those sort of things talking to us and hearing those kind of things, but also not overworking someone, not overburdening someone, like making making them do all the work and go, oh, well, it's not up to me to help in this area because I'm not disabled. Let's get someone in. Like, what's the line there where it feels comfortable for you? Look, I think the relationship between lived experience and being an ally is, re- is really interesting. And I, I will often say to people, as long as you're not speaking over the person with the disability um, or like speaking for them, that's okay. But I would also say um, that I think the media in particular has a tendency to focus on a certain number of people who represent an experience. So whether it's like, if we're talking about disability, whether it's me or Dylan Alcott or Chloe Hayden or, or whoever it might be, it's always like the same people who are coming to speak about the issues. And while that's that's wonderful and I'm really grateful for the career and for the work um, and so is my bank account. <laughs> I, I also think, like, it doesn't always have to be me and mm. if you think it's too hard to, to find people or, like, you aren't willing to put in the work, then you're not looking hard enough because I promise we are everywhere and the point is to, like, spread the love around and spread the visibility around and... I think this idea that, like, there are only so many pieces of the pie is just not really helpful anymore. And I think the more people we can have to represent a community, the better, especially because, like, disabled people aren't a hive mind. We don't all think the same. We don't all have the same interests, the same desires, the same exact concerns, the same triggers, like, whatever it might be. So, yeah, I I think that's the line. For me. That is an incredible answer, Hannah. And um, thank you so much for taking so much time to hang out with us on All Day Breakfast today. That's all right. Well, loving the book. I'll let myself in. You can grab it wherever you get your books. It is out now. So, Hannah Divini, thank you very much for 
helping solve the case of the African bees. You are so welcome, Matt, and I am so sorry for what I have done to you, Matt. Oh, don't, don't be sorry. We'll be, we'll be doing that very soon. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for listening to All Day Breakfast today. Really appreciate you hanging out with us once again. Good news is we've got a sweet little episode for you tomorrow as well. Yeah, back here, same time, same place. We'll catch you then. Bye-bye. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.